One of the most anxiety-provoking feelings is that of the unknown. Doesn't have to be anything even paranormal. Could just be a situation in life where you just don't know what's going to happen next. But all you can do is wait. There's no forcing it or whatever it may be to happen or a decision to be made or whatever it may be. It gets even more anxiety-provoking if it doesn't involve necessarily people or someone making a decision or something naturally occurring. It seems random. It seems like it's something that has a life of its own, a thought process of its own, a pattern of its own that only it knows and only you can wait for. There's no one to ask any questions to. There's no one to get little tidbits of what might be. You are just at its whim of whatever it decides to do. Is this good? Is this bad? What is going on? On today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, we hear about two stories of possibly unseen evil. A young man moves in with his girlfriend at an old farmhouse that she's renting. A farmhouse that may be infested with either the spirits of the former residents or, according to the exorcist they talk to, a Catholic exorcist in the diocese, something evil. Then a police officer, late at night, not always about fighting crime, but it's about sometimes encountering the living dead. As he explains to us several unexplained calls that he's been on over the years. It's a great episode. EPP bonus episode number 426 of Real Ghost Stories Online. My name's Tony Bruschi. Stay with us. When you move into a place, kind of put your own energy on it, your own spin on it. If you've ever been in a house before it's yours, maybe you're touring the house, it kind of has its own feel, but it has a feel and an energy, most likely, of the people who have been living there. But you can hopefully, if it's the right place for you, kind of see or get an idea of what it would feel like if it were yours. And then over time, you hopefully make it just that if you end up calling it home. What happens when you move into a place and uh, it, it doesn't seem to want to be anybody else's? <laughs> it's Even though you bought it, even though you're renting it, even though you're paying to be there, it still belongs to someone else. And it clearly lets you know that. How can a house let you know that? Well, in our next story, we certainly find out as a house seems to have a personality of its own, a personality ends up driving the couple who lives there to talk to a Catholic exorcist about how to calm their house down. Take a listen. I'm a 37-year-old tech and undergrad, a geek as people in the industry would say. I was working in Chicago at a very large technical company for about six years, and I got right-sized, as they say in these troubling times. For the last year, I've been dating my now-current girlfriend, 
She'd fly down to Chicago from Minnesota, or I'd fly up there to see her. When I'd fly up, we'd stay at her place, which she rents. Her place is this farmhouse up in Minnesota near a small farming community. The house is situated on this large plot of land. No crops nearby either, which is good. Hate to be constantly hearing the farm equipment roll by. The house was built in 1969 and is still owned by the original family that built it. It's a nice big place with six bedrooms upstairs, one bedroom, kitchen, living room, and the bathroom downstairs. The house sits off by itself and is quite far from the main road. The rear of the house is surrounded by woods, while the front and sides of the house are open to the yard. The nearest neighbor is about a football field away. Anyone else is a mile or more away. Every time I go out there, I feel at peace. Much different than this chaotic lifestyle of Chicago. Last summer, I even stayed there for a week and visited her. While she went to work in the morning, I'd pitter-patter around the house or explore the woods. During that time, I soon found out just how noisy that house was. You see, the entire interior is wood. Cherry, wooden floors and walls, everything echoes. I can easily hold a conversation with her being upstairs in one of the bedrooms while I'm on the first floor. I also got used to all the mechanical noises of the house. For instance, when the furnace kicks on, you can hear the flame and the knocking sound as the metal heats up and expands, then the blower kicks on. Or when you turn on any water in the house, you soon hear the water pump kick on from the basement. The glass in the windows clatter as the wind picks up and the floors creak at times in walking. A noisy house, but perfectly normal for a home of that age in construction. I got used to it all. A little background on the owners. The surviving owner's family of the house are three brothers and their mother, who is in a nursing home. The brothers are in their late 50s and have their own families and homes. The father, who was first to buy the land and build the house, as far as I know, died a long time ago. He built the house with his own hands. One of the brothers told me that his father first dug and finished the basement. Then he ran out of money. He then built a roof over the basement and they lived there for some time. Their father refused to take out a loan. When he saved enough money, he then completed the rest of the house and they lived there from that point on. Now, there was a fourth brother, but died some time ago as well. According to one of the brothers, when they were out maintaining the property, they had long since moved out. One of them thought they saw a man standing next to the house watching them. One moment he was there, the next he was gone. The brother told me that him and his other siblings got together to discuss what had happened. They believed that it was their brother that had died. I guess he looked like him and was wearing the same flannel shirt that he used to wear. When I heard this, I just thought to myself, yeah, right, nice story, though. Here's the story. Let me mention one more thing. The week that I stayed there, as mentioned, she told me a story. She has a nice lab named Rufus. Before going to work, she'd put him in the kennel until she came back home after work. Dog wasn't potty trained at all at that time, but was playful. Well, after the first two weeks that she moved in, she's lived there for a year now, she heard a male voice in the house as she walked in the door. She told me it said, My, what a pretty thing you are. She said it was quite clear and audible, but wasn't sure where it came from. The place echoes, remember. She then ran to the kennel, got Rufus out. She then dragged the dog to every room in the house to check for intruders. She didn't find anyone there. You might be saying, right, now she's not. She's a parole officer and does not scare easily, almost as tall as me, six feet. When I heard this story, I thought to myself, she's crazy hearing voices. 
and I almost broke up with her. But I soon gave it some thought and let it slide. She probably just wanted some attention or conversation, I thought. I did ask her what she did after that. She told the brothers, and they agreed that it was probably their brother that passed away or their father, and that one of the two was talking to Rufus, the dog. She then told me she just ignored it after that, and it never feels bad in the home. And it's never tried to hurt her. Again, after hearing this, I thought, she's crazy. Now, fast forward to the present. I get laid off, as I mentioned, and months go by trying to find employment. Tough in Chicago. I'm not too worried because I get 21 months of unemployment. I started applying all around the country, and I only get a few bites, but nothing concrete. One night, as we're talking on the phone, as we do every night, she mentions why I don't just move in with her. That I can keep on applying on monster jobs as I'm doing here in Chicago, but would at least be together. I thought about this and thought, yeah, why not? New beginning. The standard of living is cheaper, not to mention the peace and quiet out there to help my nerves to relax in the Chicago lifestyle. March 13th of this year, I moved in. I also brought my dog, Red. He's a medium-sized animal, but not as large as Rufus. Things are good, a little cold still at this time of year, especially up in Minnesota. The house is drafty, but the protective plastic keeps most of the cold out. The furnace runs a lot, but no big deal. The house is moaning and groaning as usual. I've lived in a lot of old houses, but we continue to watch our movies and play our Xbox games. A month goes by, things are warming up. I take some of the plastic off the windows and open them up. One day when she's at work, I decide to wash both of my vehicles out on the front lawn as the dogs play and lay in the sunshine. I also bring out the barbecue pit and start to grill out every other night for dinner. Then it starts. At the time, I did not realize it, but it was the beginning. After living there a month, the weather is warmer. Things are good, as mentioned above. One day, I was downstairs in the living room playing an Xbox game. The windows were open. The sun was shining. It was about 3.30 in the afternoon. A slight breeze would flow through the windows, which was welcomed. I could hear the birds chirping outside, which was also a welcome sound. Suddenly, there was a knock at the back door, and both the dogs get up and run towards it, barking. Rufus and Red always did this when someone's at the door. I remember thinking to myself, crap, because I was on a hard part of the game and didn't want to lose my groove. So I get up, walk the game, pause the game, walk towards the back door. As some of you may be wondering, why the back door? The front of the house is a yard. The father didn't even put up a concrete sidewalk leading to the front door, so when people drive up to the house, they have to park on the side of the home and follow the walkway a short distance leading up to the back door. One other thing about this knocking, I'd have to describe it more as a banging or pounding. Picture yourself at the kitchen table, then take the side of your fist and hit the table. Not with all your strength, but with some force. Do this four times with less than half second between each hit, and that's what it sounded like. I was walking to the door. I remember thinking to myself, geez, that knock was a little little bit of a load to it i thought well i did have the sound up on my game pretty loud they were probably there knocking and i couldn't hear them got to the door and locked it opened the door nobody's there i thought to myself can't even wait for me to get to the door and walked to the side window to see if i could catch them before they left i looked out the window and there was no car only mine i then sought i hope some sort of traveling hobo didn't decide to come check the house. 
So I went outside to look around the house just in case the person decided to go around to the front or the other side. I didn't find anyone. I thought maybe something was hitting the door. I went back to the back door to have a look. No tree branches were even close to that door, much less the house. I only found my umbrella leaning up against the wall in case I had to go outside into the rain. I then went back inside to finish my Xbox game, ignoring it. A week later, I found myself unable to sleep, so I slipped out of bed, headed downstairs to watch some TV in the living room. It was 4 a.m. I turned on some lights in the TV, started to watch, also making sure the volume was down as not to wake my girlfriend. She sleeps like a log anyway. So here I am sitting on the couch watching TV, and hours go by, then another hour, still can't sleep, and it's 6 a.m. now. Then bang, crash, and the wooden floor underneath me actually vibrates. I sit straight up and think, what the fuck was that? So I sit there. Moments go by and I begin to calm down. The sound came from the basement. I think to myself, did that actually happen? It sounded like a fully loaded bookcase fell full force into the furnace, which was right underneath the couch I was sitting on. A mixture of bangs, metal clangs, but very forceful and violent. I began to start thinking logically, what could make a furnace make that type of sound? That wraps up the preview portion of EPP bonus episode number 426 of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the program, want access to the full episode and all 426 bonus episodes, in addition to the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, you get that too. Yes, all of it. All of it commercial free, advanced episodes of the show, New bonus episodes every week. All of it, no commercials. You got to sign up to be an extra podcast person, though. Do it at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. There you'll get access to all of the extras. Start binging away today. Check it out. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Thanks for the support. <laughs>